You know, the first week we talked about the priority of relationships. You know, some people, they don't, they, the relationships are way down the priority list and, and they suffer in life because of it. And second week we talked about the heart of relationships. Your relationships can only be as strong as the condition of your heart. You gotta have your heart in the right place. It's hard to forge relationships whenever you're bitter, angry, are rejected and those kinds of things. And then last week we talked about emotional connection. And quite frankly, I was very surprised at how the response of last week's message, I got a lot of feedback from you after teaching the message. Uh, it seemed like the, the message resonated with a lot of people. The emotional connections. Why is it so important? Well, because... Our relationships can only be as strong as the emotional connection that you make with people. And a lot of people live their lives in surface relationships and never get below the surface and emotionally connect with people. So to connect or to develop healthy relationships, you've got to learn to connect. And, uh, and the key to healthy emotional connections is emotional maturity. And you can't develop healthy emotional connections if you emotionally immature. And that's what we, we talked about. And so we talked about, you gotta first take responsibility for it. And, uh, you gotta not just, uh, uh, just excuse away moodiness and, and, uh, anger and, and, you know, uh, and all this kind of stuff. And if you're dealing with depression and discouragement, you just gotta be honest about it, right? And then we talked about embracing the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is really to convict us when we're emotionally immature. And the Holy Spirit's job is to heal us when we've been hurt, which we will be hurt in the context of relationships. And the Holy Spirit's job is also to comfort us whenever we're suffering. And so I realize this is a very uh, complicated subject. And we have, uh, you know, I just want to mention, if, if this, if you're really struggling in this area, I encourage you to call the church and we want to try to help, you know, provide somebody to pray with you through that. There's some resources, some books you can read that, that can maybe help you, just give you some extra help. But we need to be healed emotionally. We need to have emotional maturity. Wouldn't you all agree with that? Now today I want to talk to you about the power of human touch. One of the most fundamental needs of every human being is physical touch. In Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone. One of the reasons that it's not good for man to be alone is because we get the benefit of human contact or human touch. And it's one of the most fundamental needs of humanity. We need physical touch. God created us with the need for physical touch. In Genesis 2.21, it says, The Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And then he took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and then he brought her to the man. Now, the word in this passage that says uh, he, uh, that he made to build in the Hebrew means God built the woman. He built the woman. And so the word build here is the same word used in like building a temple. And so God formed from Adam the dust of the earth. Then he constructed or built a woman from the rib of Adam. They're so, they're so interconnected. 
As you can see from the very beginning, there was a close, physical, intimate connection and relationship between the man and the woman. In Genesis 2.24, it says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother, is joined to his wife in such a way that the two become one person. One flesh, the union of body, soul, and spirit is formed in the context of physical intimacy. And so in, in verse 24, it says, a man shall leave his father and mother. In the book of first mentions is the most important principle. And it's the principle of the need for physical touch or contact. And it's been there since the very beginning. Physical human contact is necessary for healthy relationships. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I've lived a, long, a lot of days before I heard any of this stuff. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1, it says, To everything there's a season, a time for every person under heaven. Verse 5 says, There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Now, most, most Bible scholars believe that this verse is referring, referring to the physical contact between the sexes. But Ecclesiastes reminds us that there's a time and there's a season and there's a need for physical embrace. Physical contact is needed for healthy relationships to develop. You know, I don't know if you noticed or you watched or, you know, listened to the news at all, but this past Friday on KTC, there was a story about the power of physical touch at the Women and Children's Hospital right down the road here. They actually have women that their only job is to hold and cuddle the premature babies while they are neonatal intensive in the needle natal intensive care unit. Their only job is to cuddle and to hold babies. Their job is to provide warm touch and the physical touch and embrace the babies that they need to survive. And they interviewed Dr. Zerang, Amy Zerang, the neonatologist at Women's, and she said, physical touch is essential to the growth and development of premature babies. Babies that receive physical touch sleep better and deeper. They're actually calmer when they wake up and alert, allowing all of their calories to go towards growth and development, which allows them to physically develop quicker. Wow as well as increases their ability for social development. This was this past week on KTC. According to Dr. Zerain, physical touch and contact is essential to a baby's survival and their well-being. Here's another example. In the 1940s, in London, in a London orphanage, a truly remarkable thing was discovered in this orphanage, which is the need for physical uh, contact or touch. In this orphanage, many of the babies were dying for no apparent reason. They were fed, clothed, and sheltered, but because of understaffing, the babies received very little physical contact other than what was absolutely necessary to care for them. But someone came up with the idea to simply start touching the babies more. To the surprise and delight of the orphanage staff, the infant mortality rate dropped from 50% to 15%. The babies, it appeared, had been dying simply from a lack of physical contact. Interesting, isn't that? That's how critical this human need is and why we need to address this topic. Because if our relationships are going to be strong and healthy, there has to be affection involved in our relationships. Physical touch is necessary for healthy relationships to develop. And listen, it's not just in babies, but in every age and stage of life, including adulthood. Can I get an amen right over there? All right, thank you. But there's a downside 
to physical touch. Just as physical touch can be healthy and powerful, physical touch can become damaging when innocence is disregarded. The need for physical touch is is a God-given and necessary part of humanity. It's a need that we all have, right? And in and of itself, it's good, but it can become very harmful when it's distorted and abused. And so unless we learn proper boundaries and restraints, incredible damage can be caused when there's inappropriate and distorted and abused physical contact. Anytime Satan entices people to distort or abuse physical touch and intimacy, incredible guilt and shame and deep heartache and psychological and emotional and spiritual problems arise in that person. Remember when David had an illicit relationship with Bathsheba. And you remember the outcome of that. The outcome was he he experienced tremendous guilt and shame. And and his whole life, his entire life was, was wrecked as a result of the abuse or the wrong use of physical contact. Think about the hundreds and thousands of people whose lives are wrecked right now, damaged right now because of this problem with the abuse of physical touch and affection. In fact, I'm sure there are many of you in here right now that, that if we gave you the chance, you could, you could just say amen and you could give us a story about how it's affected your life. Just as physical touch and affection can be so healthy and powerful in healing and building tremendous relationships, Physical touch and affection can become terribly damaging. Amen? So physical innocence and healthiness must be maintained in all relationships. So let me give you three main areas that physical healthiness must be maintained. The first one is physical healthiness needs to be maintained in family relationships. How many of you got got a family? Let me see your hands. Okay, if you... Look around, if somebody don't have their hands raised, tell them they got a family. All right, just, just, you know, they might need to, they maybe didn't get coffee this morning, right? But how many of you know God made families to be affectionate and to physically touch and embrace? Not one amen. Let me try it again. God made families to be affectionate and to physically touch and embrace. Listen, it's, it's within the context of innocence and healthiness that it's both godly and necessary. And see, that's part of what we need to talk about it for. Because we don't understand that, you know, that, that physical touch, whenever we hug, whenever we, we, we embrace, whenever we show affection to one another, we're doing so much for our relationships. But if that is absent, our relationships are going to struggle. Come on, I need a better, I need a better buy-in this morning. Amen. And so not many people have grown up with uh, hugging. Um, you know, uh, I'd say not many. Many people haven't grown up in a family where there was a lot of affection, like hugging, embracing, or even kissing, right? Maybe your family was not very affectionate, so you might be somewhat uncomfortable with displays of affection. I remember like whenever I first became a Christian and, and I don't know, it's just what God did in my heart. But, uh, I remember like I, all of a sudden I'd go home with, uh, you know, uh, I remember my dad, I'd go home and I'd, I'd say, Hey dad, I love you. And, and I'd go to give him a hug. And, and that wasn't part of my family. We, we didn't do, there wasn't a whole lot of physical affection. And I can remember trying to hug him and it was like trying to hug a post. 
And he was just like, wait, 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 hey, wait, hey, what's he doing, man? Get that, that. You know, he didn't know what to do with that. Obviously, you know, I think they didn't have much affection in their family because they were busy in the fields in the depression. Honestly, I believe that's what it was. But you know what? I, every time I'd go home, I'd say, hey, dad, I love you. And I'd give him a hug. And he was just like, you know, man, you know, it's like, hurry up and get that over with. But you know what? After a while, it's like all of a sudden, kind of like, you know, a little tap. It's like, hey, we're making some headway. But you know, something happened in me. God changed my heart. And all of a sudden, it's just like, no. Listen, some of us not, might not be comfortable with it. But listen, physical affection and touching and embracing in your family is necessary for healthy relationships to develop. Now, let me just pause for a minute because I just had this thought. It's not in my notes, but I just want to mention it. Some people think that if they, if they love on their children too much or their families too much, it might soften them up. It's true. That's, that's the, the, the lies of the adversary. And so then they grow up with emotional needs that nobody can help them with. Remember when the prodigal son was ready to return home after squandering his father's inheritance? His father didn't just cross his arms and lecture him and said, I told you that was going to happen. I told you not to take that money, that you were going to ruin your life. No, he didn't do that. What does the Bible say? Luke 15, 20. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That, my friends, is a picture of our Father God, but it's also a picture of what we as fathers should do right there. Amen. There was nothing strange or perverted about his father's display of affection. It was simply the uncontainable joy of seeing a lost child return. Amen. I think it was just natural and normal reaction. And just with the prodigal son, listen, children need appropriate physical contact from their parents. And the way we express affection may change when our children grow and mature, but the psychological and emotional need for physical contact, listen, it's never gone. It never goes away. You can be at the age and stage of life where you have adult children in their 40s. They still need physical contact. They still need affection, right? Children need hugs and kisses and cuddling and warm embraces and rolling around on the floor. and Right? Right? Yes. Amen. All right. And listen, studies have proven that children who have healthy physical contact and affection from their parents excel academically, emotionally, psychologically, socially, and physically. You know, the bottom line is children who receive healthy physical contact and affection from their parents or guardians are all around healthier people. Amen. So we need to show affection in our families. If you got that, say, I got that. Now, just as we need physical healthiness in family relationships, we also need physical affection in marriage relationships. One amen. Physical. <laughs> we need physical affection in marriages for marriages to be healthy. When it comes to the context of marriage, I think there's uh, two kinds of affection necessary in marriage. One is non-intimate affection. Now, you, you fill in the blank right there, okay? Just as babies need physical contact and affection, adults need it too. And that's why there must be non-intimate physical affection 
in our marriages. You know, affection that don't go anywhere. Non-intimate physical affection such as hand-holding, cuddling, hugs, embraces, and kisses. Healthy marriages have physical, affectionate contact. Unhealthy relationships don't have it. Now listen, I understand that some of us, I'm talking Greek right now. I'm talking a foreign language. Because if you were raised in a context where that wasn't part of the family, that's normal for you. And just like my dad, somebody tried to show you affection, you're like, hey, hey, get off of me. What you trying to do? And, and you're just uncomfortable with it. But what I'm trying to do right now is just, is, is just blow up the myth. Blow up the myth that your wife or your husband and your family doesn't need physical affectionate contact. You may, you have, may have learned to do without it, but you need it. You may have learned to cope without it, and it might be very uncomfortable with you for even to even talk about it. But I'm trying to tell you, listen, if we want our relationships to come out of the ER and we want them to be healthy and strong, we need to learn to be affectionate towards one another. Amen. Now, listen, research has found that physical affection within marriage does seven things. It lowers blood pressure. It reduces stress hormones. It increases relational satisfaction. It improves your mood. It gives you greater professional success and self-confidence. It enhances your immune system and overall improves all your mental and emotional health. That's enough reason right there, right? You know what? Listen, the studies and the research have just proven what the Apostle John already knew. And this is what he says. First John 4 to 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Come on. How many of you know love never fails? Amen. And so the, you know, the second, the first, the first kind of affection in marriage is, is non-intimate, but there's also intimate affection. It's part of the healthy marriage. 1 Corinthians 7, 3 says, The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also his wife. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. Now, according to Paul, the only New Testament reason for a married couple to abstain from intimate affection is, is for a time of fasting and prayer, and it should be done in agreement, and it should be done for a limited period of time. And so why is physical intimacy so important? Well, I can think of two Important reasons. The first one is it helps protect you from the, from the temptation of the evil one. And that's what Paul said. He said, listen, he said, don't stay apart for too long so that Satan will not tempt you. I see it as warfare. But number two, intimate affection in marriage helps meet our God-given need for physical affection and contact. Somebody said that marriage bed can be viewed as the mirror of a healthy marriage or not. So listen, I want to encourage you, those of you that are married, if physical intimacy is a struggle within your marriage, non-intimate or intimate, I suggest you begin talking about it 
and seek out godly counsel if you need to and try to resolve this issue in your marriage. I'm telling you, it's so important. You know, whenever, uh, whenever we were at the hospital in Baton Rouge, Our Lady of the Lake, we're emotionally just all over the place. We didn't know the future of Mr. You know, Mr. Aaron's condition, Tanya's dad's condition. We were under, under tremendous stress. I can remember back in July when my dad died. And I can remember Tanya and I would just be at the hospital or at house, wherever. And when we would just take a moment and we would kind of pass like two ships in the night, instead of passing, we would stop. And we would just embrace. I can remember I would feel stress leaving my body. I would feel comfort. I, I, I can't fully explain what I felt whenever we would just embrace. And so what happens whenever you're living without physical contact in your marriage? You're missing out on a great, a great provision that God has made for everyone. Now listen, the enemy tries to pervert that. He tries to distort that. He tries to, he tries to keep us apart. But I'm saying today in the name of Jesus, we need to put the ax to the root of that. And we just need to do what God told us to do and love one another. Amen. Amen. Now the third and main area, uh, third area that physical innocence must be maintained in is physical healthiness in dating relationships. You know, the issue of purity in dating relationships is another issue that needs to be addressed. You know, more and more people waiting longer to get married and waiting longer and longer to get married. And so it's beginning to be more and more of a challenge. But despite what popular culture says, listen, all of you that are single here this morning, Despite what popular culture says and portrays, it is possible to have a godly, pure relationship during the time that you're unmarried. Not, on, not only is it it's possible, but I'm telling you that in God's world, it's still in vogue. It's still popular in His world. And God intends for our relationships to be strengthened and empowering, not deliberating and destructive. God's intentions was for our future marriages to be strong. He has established certain certain boundaries to protect us from destructive relationships. And there are many people that are struggling in marriage today. It's because of the way that they handle their relationships when they're single. And if they could go back and do it again, they would do it differently now that they know what they know. And so the Apostle Paul has some very wise advice for those of us that are not married and are dating. And this is what he says. 1 Corinthians 7, 7. I wish that all men were as I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has a gift, another has that. One, one own gift from God. One has this gift Another has that. Now to the unmarried and to the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Now the Apostle Paul is talking to, to to the dating population of the church. And this is what he's saying. Here's some dating advice. He says, accept the fact that no one or not everyone is called to be married. Some people have a gift. Now, if you're single and you were like I was whenever I was single, I didn't want that gift. And you might not want that gift either. But according to Paul's singleness, is a gift from God. In verse 7, he says, I wish that all men were as I am, but each man has his own gift from God. One has this gift. So listen, society will try to tell you that you're strange or that you're odd 
if you're single. But don't listen to society. God says it's a gift. And listen, those of us that are married, whenever we're talking to single people within the, in the church body, we have to be careful about, hey, you need some help? You want me to help you? What's wrong with you? Come on, don't. They got enough on their plate. Amen. Come on, let's support them and encourage them. Amen. And so accept the fact that some people, listen, it's okay if you never get married. I think the Bible is clear. It's a gift, right? But if you're going to date, establish innocence and purity in your dating relationships. If you are dating, establish innocence and purity in your dating relationships. In other words, make a decision to keep your, keep your dating relationships physically pure. Why is that so important? Because you're protecting yourself from the damages of sin, from the effects of sin. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits is outside the body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you and whom you've received from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You know, I was talking to somebody this past week and they were telling me, they were, they were just sharing about, they, he was just thanking God for how healthy his marriage is. And he said, you know, me and my wife have, have talked about it before and we really feel like we're reaping the fruit that we sowed on the, whenever we were single, we were dating. By keeping our relationship pure, we're reaping the fruit of it. Now we have a wonderful marriage. And I believe that's so true that whenever you violate God's parameters of, of, of relationship, you're going to pay a price. There's a price. Amen? Physical intimacy is like a fire inside a house. Inside the fireplace of marriage, it's a blessing and provides warmth to the house. But outside the fireplace of marriage, it's destructive and damaging. And it can burn the house down. The Apostle Paul said every other sin is outside the body. But when it comes to physical intimacy that takes that happens outside of marriage, it's sinning against your own body. So listen, even if you're date, dating a person you're planning on marrying, you have no right to violate God's boundaries. Amen? I always encourage couples to refrain from physical expressions of love and, and affection because it's the best thing that you could do for the future of your relationship. Song of Solomon 8.4 says, Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. So know that if you arouse the physical senses in a relationship before it's time, you're playing with fire. And listen, it'll take you further than you want to go and it will cost you more than you want to pay. It will damage you psychologically, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Amen? Is that my phone ringing out there? No? I had a phone ringing one time and I was like, ah, so somebody turn that phone off. It was my phone ringing up there in the front row. So to all the single people out there, I want to encourage you to maintain healthy, healthy and innocence in your dating relationships until the time is right. Make a decision not to awaken love before it is time. 
And you know, whenever I say this, it's like our society, you know, I don't know how long you've been in church, but I've been in church for like 32, 33 years and things are changing. Our culture is changing the church world. Now, I know I'm meddling now, but let me, can I meddle a little bit? But we're allowing the culture to change our convictions. And we're, we're letting the culture decide for us what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And we're departing from the standard of the Bible. Well, listen, God didn't give us standards in the Bible to, to uh, make our life miserable. Just the opposite. God gave us standards in his word to make our life better, to make it richer, to make it stronger. Amen. And so the devil will try to sow the seeds of it doesn't matter what the Bible says. I'll just do what I want. But if you're a wise, if you're a wise man or woman of God, you will heed and abide to the word of God. And you'll try your best to learn what it says and live your life according to because it's the best thing that you could do. You can live an amazing life if you just follow God's ways. Amen. And so that's enough of that. Right. And all the single people said, praise the Lord. Now, let's conclude our time today by talking about redeeming health and innocence in our relationships. Just as physical touch and affection can be so healthy and powerful in healing and building strong relationships, physical touch and affection can become so terribly damaging. And you know, I don't know the percentage, but there's a very, very high percentage of people sitting in this room right now that can tell you the damaging effects of unhealthy, distorted, physical touch. And I know that I'm talking to people right now that are on all ends of the spectrum. But I want you to know God has a way of redeeming and healing our relationships regardless of where we've been, where are we at, and what we've gone through. Amen? In fact, Jeremiah 30, I love this verse. It says, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. You know, it's interesting. You know, I told you that story earlier that whenever I became a Christian, I never really wanted to hug my dad before I became a Christian. But after I, I wanted to touch him, but not like that, right? It's just like, I'm mad at you. And I wanted to, you know... But after I became a Christian, I wanted to hug him. I loved him. I, there was something in my heart that was different. You know what it is? I think I know what it is. God healed my heart. God healed my heart. How many of you know that God has this amazing way of healing people's hearts? You know, listen, you know, for if you, if you, uh, some people, they come up and they're in, 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 they, they get abused, they get mistreated, they go through hor horrific things that, that a child shouldn't, shouldn't, uh, you know, uh, deal with. And so what happens if you become adult and you experience that? Is there no, no hope for you? Is there no chance for you? Well, outside of Christianity, they might. But inside of Christianity, there's great hope because the Lord is the healer. He's the deliverer. Come on. He can take a heart that is broken and he can put it back together again. Amen. He can, he can take a heart that is bleeding and heal the wound so that it doesn't bleed anymore. God is an amazing God. Amen. He's an amazing God. And so listen, the Lord wants to redeem our relationships. Do you believe that today? So why don't you do me a favor and just stand with me.
I want to, I want to pray. Let's, let's take a moment. Please don't move around and just, let's just take, let's just, let's just take a moment right here. What is God saying? What, what is the Lord? What is the Lord speaking to you in this message? I want you to just think about, it. I want you to just close your eyes with me for just a second. And I, I know I probably described maybe some marriages in here, some families in here that there's not much physical affection going on. And, uh, and, and for you, it's normal. But I'm hoping maybe this morning that, that maybe you're rethinking that. And that maybe the reason why there's no physical contact is because of the way that you were raised. And there was a, it was pretty cold. But maybe, maybe today the Lord might want to just heal your heart. Just bring some warmth. Just bring some healing because maybe the reason why there's no physical contact in your family is because you just need God's healing touch on your life this morning. Can we just ask Him to just heal us this morning? Can we ask Him to just put His hand of grace on us this morning? I think he wants to restore physical touch and affection in our families and in our marriages. If, you're, if your spouse is here, would you do me a favor and put your arm around her right now or around him right now? And if your child is here and they're next to you, can you just put your arm around them right now? Come on, let's ask the Lord to do something. Come on, just let's just ask the Lord. Look, we can't do this on our own, gang, but God can help us this morning. Father, I pray right now that you would release your healing touch over this place. And that, God, you would restore, you would restore physical contact and affection in families, in homes, and in marriages, Lord. Father, I pray that you would do something supernatural today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father God. Praise you, Father. Come on, some of you need to be healed. Come on, some of you, come on, there's a a whole life of hurt and wounds. But let's ask God to come. Lord, He heals. Come on, the Lord will restore your health and heal your wounds. Thank you, Lord, that you're healing wounds and that you're healing hearts. I speak that over this congregation right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that a miracle is taking place in Jesus' name. Now, come on, I believe that the Lord wants to heal or redeem our dating relationships by restoring health and purity. If you're single and you've blown it in your relationships, come on, let's ask the Lord to bring healing right now. Let's ask the Lord to restore purity right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that you're touching, Lord, every single person in this room. Lord, you're healing those that need healing and that you're empowering those that need strength. Lord, those that are, Lord, being tempted even now, I pray your grace over them, Lord. Help them, God, to keep their their relationships pure thank you lord jesus thank you father god now i believe that we live in an imperfect world and i believe that all of us in some way our fashion have been wounded or hurt by some form of of a physical abuse or distortion or whatever let's ask the lord to heal us all right now and we ask the healing hand of god to come on us father we pray lord you heal the brokenhearted lord you bandage up 
up our wounds. And Lord, I pray right now, Father God, that Lord, you would just restore innocence and purity, health and wholeness, Lord, in our relationships. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would do something supernatural and miraculous over every individual and every family and every marriage that is represented right now. Come on, put your arm around your wife or your husband, your children, and just pray a blessing over them right now. Come on, just ask God to release his grace over them right now. Thank you, Father, that the hand of God and the blessing of the Lord is on these on these families and on these marriages. Lord, I'm declaring that right now. It's in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Now listen, one, one last thing before we go. Just, just be still. Just be quiet. Just, just keep your eyes closed for just a moment. My life got transformed when I became a Christian. I believed in God. I went to church. I prayed prayers. But my life was changed when I became a Christian. You don't understand it until you experience it. But if you hear today and you've never given your life to Christ, you don't know for sure that you're a Christian, don't leave here today without doing that. I want to give you a chance right now. I want to just pray a prayer with you and ask the Lord to forgive your sins and come into your heart and your life and and just empower you with His love and your life will never be the same. I, I, I know it. So with everybody's eyes closed and your head bowed, if you say, Todd, would you pray for me today? We're going to just give you some privacy here. Just pray for me. I want to be a Christian. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand so I can see it. And if one hand goes up, that's enough to pray to pray for you. Amen. Thank you. Right here, sir. I see your hand. Right back here. I see your hand. Anybody, anybody right here. Thank you. I see your hand. Come on, this is the biggest decision that you could ever make. This can change your life more than anything. Now, those of you that raised your hand, we're going to pray a prayer together. And you just pray from your heart and say this, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins so my life could be healed, so I could have your love. Lord, today I repent. I ask you to forgive me for every sin Lord would you cleanse me today would you come into my heart come into my life and be the Lord of my life I want to live the Christian life I pray in Jesus name amen and amen hey yes yes amen now for those of you that raised your hand if you go into the lobby into the info center in the corner there And just fill out that card in the pew that says, I made a decision. We have a Bible for you if you want it. We have a gift for you. We want to help you get started on this new journey. Amen. Let me pray a blessing over you. Lord, I pray the favor, the grace, the anointing, the power, the love, the wisdom of God be upon every person that is here today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, have a wonderful day as you go.